Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror films directed exclusively by women-identified directors, which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my most favoriteest people, the lovely Ariel. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? You know, I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything uh, exciting going on in your life? Not really. I unfortunately I hurt my knee. I hurt oh, no. a tendon in my knee, and so Girl. my physical therapist has me not walking right now. So I can only walk my dog around the block a couple times a day, which is driving me crazy because I'm also kind of back in isolation right now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going a little stir crazy, but it also means there haven't been as many neighborhood shenanigans to. Yeah. Feast my eyes on, I guess. (laughs) When you said you couldn't walk, I was imagining, I was like, but you can skip. (laughs) So I'm just picturing like, you're laying around your neighborhood with the dog. (laughs) I mean, I can't go on long walks. I understood. I'm just telling you that my brain, I'm, and I will, this is a warning to you, my co host, as well as to the audience. This has been a very long week and I'm excited to be doing this, but my brain is dribbling out of my ears at the moment so i may say some weird things today i mean weirder than usual which i feel like is <laughs> saying something. so that's my disclaimer off the top bear yeah. with me grant me some grace i'm going to sound like a <laughs> maniac <laughs> potentially <laughs> well i just appreciate talking to you because i feel like spending this much time alone not mm. socializing is mm-hmm. turning me into like a weird goblin person. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the other day, I sort of looked up and realized that I was sitting on the floor of my apartment in my underwear, watching Diagnosis Murder and eating oh. peanut butter straight out of the jar. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a totally normal thing to do. <laughs> oh, that's grim. <laughs> Every detail got darker. <laughs> Like, I thought we had bottomed out at Diagnosis Murder, and now imagining you just, like, like a raccoon eating peanut butter out of a jar on oh the floor. Oh, my God, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, Girl, it's we gotta get you out of that house. I thought oh, that God. I had become, like, a mole person, but you're taking it to a whole other... You're, I'm a mole person, you're a raccoon person. Oh, oh my goodness. That is a wild confession. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the, you know, uh, a responsibility to bring you back to humankind. <laughs> but talk about like, oh, that I don't know that I'm the right guide. I might, I might lead you astray. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, we're going to gray gardens the hell out if <laughs> you follow my lead. <laughs> Oh my god, I can picture okay. it. <laughs> See, and I thought the the lowest point of this week was editing our Hellraiser episode while your neighbor that was, was reenacting a wild upstairs. <laughs> Let me tell you, because if you have not listened to the Stream Queens Hellraiser episode yet, you got to go do that. It's hilarious. Oh. But the thing of it is, is that you guys were intentionally trying to make Larry uncomfortable by using <laughs> sexual innuendos. And then you convinced him to say that line. What was it? Like, come to me, daddy or something. Come to daddy. <laughs> yeah, come to daddy. <laughs> and he kept saying it over and over again at the same time as the lady upstairs was like very vocally 
saying like daddy harder (laughs) it was interesting you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) well i'm sorry (laughs) this has been a rough week for you it's been a rough week for all of us but i I, like i came into this podcast ready to complain about my week but it did not involve peanut butter and and diagnosis murder so i'm just gonna keep it pushing (laughs) all right so we have a really fun show planned today it's another it's thematically perfect it's all about isolation right that's true we're going to be reviewing the film soulmate directed by xl carolyn and i'm very excited to get your thoughts on this but before we do that we need to let people know how we operate spoiler wise in case they are new to the show yeah so first rachel is going to tell you about the director and the making of the movie and then we're going to give you sort of some non-spoiler thoughts general Mm -hmm. overview feelings so you know whether it's worth checking out and then Spoiler territory happens and everything's up for grabs. We're going to talk about it all. I'm going to give you a synopsis that's going to spoil the whole damn thing. So if that bothers you, go check it out and then come back. Absolutely. And it's very available, easy to rent on Prime, Voodoo, iTunes, all the usual suspects. This is not a this is not a hard to get your hands on joint. So do so and proceed accordingly. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, let me tell you a little bit about this director. Yes. All right. So, I have to warn you, it's going to be a bit of a novel. Okay. Because, <laughs> okay, we always talk about how much we love women directors and we fangirl about them. And uh, bad news, it's going to happen again. <laughs> Yet again, we are talking about a truly rad woman film director, in this case, XL Carolyn. So... Excel is originally from Brussels, Belgium, and is a lifelong horror fan. She says her earliest horror memories were the darker, quote, darker side of Disney, which Ooh, okay. could mean a couple of different things. But in this case, she means spooky. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> Disney has a legacy that is... That's true. Not yes. so great. But we will not get into that. In an interview with Hey You Guys, she said... Disney had these Halloween cartoons and especially the famous Skellington dance. She yep. said skeleton, but that's the Rachel remix. Uh, <laughs> at the time, I could only see it whenever it was on TV, which is maybe once a year. And that was the best two minutes of my life. That was the start of me liking spooky things. But I couldn't watch horror movies until I was about 15 or 16 because wow. my dad wouldn't let me. Oh, bummer. So I read a lot of books instead. I read most of Stephen King by the age of 12. I got into horror mostly through books. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. As someone who was always on restriction, (laughs) I spent months, in one case, an entire year on restriction. That is crazy, Rachel. But the one thing I could do was read. I couldn't talk on the phone. I couldn't watch movies. I couldn't play video games. I couldn't see friends. I couldn't do anything. Except wow. read. I couldn't, uh, sometimes I wouldn't even be allowed to listen to music. That's how strict it was. Oh but the God. one thing that was always allowed in my house is I could read. And if I read a book, my dad would buy me a book. And so nice. I too can definitely connect with this because I read the, a ton of horror stories when I was a kid. Also, a lot of VC Andrews, but we'll that today. <laughs> That's so crazy. Our childhoods were so, so vastly different. I never even got grounded, not a single time. My probably why you're way more well adjusted. <laughs> about that (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, it's probably why I've adapted so well to being a mole person. I was like, oh, I'm just a restriction again. Okay. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> All right. So while she is a lifelong horror fan and in a self-described horror girl, her original career path was very different. Mm. She actually went to and graduated from law school. What? Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. So I actually know a fair bit about the director because I follow her on Instagram and I love a lot of the stuff she's done, but I had no idea that she went to law school. That's crazy. Right, right. Smarty pants. Super smarty pants. And that is something that bears itself out in all of the things that she does. Mm -hmm. So like I said, she went to law school and she was going to be a lawyer. However, there was a part of her because she was such a horror fan that always kind of wanted to work in the horror space. And so basically... She made it happen. <laughs> you know, oftentimes when we talk about women directors and we ask them, like, what should you do if you want to do this and you feel like you can't? And their answer is essentially just do it anyway. Yeah. Apparently that holds true across career uh, goals as well, because she basically manifested a career in the horror genre. That's so cool. She was writing on a message board for a horror website, and she mentioned that she was going to a a festival in Brussels. And someone reached out to her and asked her if she would be interested in interviewing Stuart Gordon, because she's like a big, big Mm -hmm. uh, reanimator fan. She, of course, agreed. And during that, she ended up meeting director Brian Usna, who did Bride of Reanimator, but he also did Society, Progeny, The Dentist, and its sequel, which I know Ah, you love. Ah, (laughs) yes. And she met him at this film festival in Brussels, and he ended up inviting her to the set of his film, Beneath the Still Waters in Madrid. So she went, and she ended up pitching Fangoria a story on the film, and got some exclusive images from Usna, and that kind of kick-started her horror journalism career, because that's oh, like interesting. really the first thing she did in horror was she was a horror journalist. So she wrote for a lot of the top tier horror publications. Very cool. Yeah. And then she ended up going into publicity. And then eventually she started moving into actually making horror films. She also had a teeny tiny little cameo in that Beneath Still Waters. She continued her writing career and she wrote the Fright Fest Guide to Horror on Ghosts because ghosts are especially close to her heart, I think, Mm -hmm. as you will see in this film and some of her other work. And she also wrote the nonfiction book Horror Movies in the New Millennium, which is about contemporary horror and sort of the social influences that inspired them. There was sort of a proliferation of horror films that after there had been kind of a lull and she was like, what about society is making people return to the genre? Oh, interesting. All right, so she has worked a little bit in front of the camera, as I mentioned, and she loved the experience. Again, it just kind of happened. She was on the set of Doomsday in South Africa, working with her then-husband, Neil Marshall. And basically, the production had not... They had not taken into account exactly how much special effects were required for the film. And so she sort of just pitched in. She's like, I know a little bit about makeup. I'll learn on the job. I'm going to help with the special effects. So she did that. And then some of the time she would do the special effects on herself. And so she did little cameos in the film. There's like a famous photo from that film with someone who's all diseased and rotted and bloody looking. Uh-huh. That's actually her and tons and tons of makeup. Oh, interesting. I mean, that's so great because I think it shows, you know, sort of the same thing that we've seen from so many of these directors where they just have so much tenacity to just mm-hmm. get in there and make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as I watched interviews with her, because I watched a few of her talking, there is something that is just so game about her. She's up for any challenge. You could see she kind of says yes to life in a way Mm -hmm. that has really 
benefited and op- created opportunities for her. And then yeah. she wasn't afraid to grab them. I'm definitely a shy person. So I yes. that's something I work on, right? I have yep, to talk me myself into saying, yes, mm-hmm. uh, this opportunity came up, I'm going to grab it. And so I find it very inspiring and a reminder of sometimes coming from a place of yes is a really powerful tool. And yeah. it's a sign of a lot of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she stepped in, she did some of that. She also did had a bit part in Centurion. And she she had a really great time with it. She had a lot of fun, but ultimately she realized that the place that she really belonged was behind the camera, which was writing and directing films. But specifically, she wants to make horror films. So she said she's willing to potentially branch out into thrillers and action films, but she straight up laughed when someone asked her if she would make a romantic comedy. That's <laughs> <laughs> someone after your own heart, Rachel. <laughs> I, my notes say, my kind of girl. <laughs> So before Soulmate, she directed three short films, The Last Post, Hooked, and The Halloween Kid. And that third film is where she met and worked with Anna Walton for the first time, which is the lead character in Soulmate. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other thing probably early in her career that you're most familiar with is the anthology Tales of Halloween, in which she directed Mm -hmm. one of the shorts, Grim Grinning Ghosts, which apparently she's like a huge... Not just Disney fan, but specifically Haunted Mansion fan, which is great because it's a reference to Haunted Mansion. Yeah. But what I didn't realize, because I had seen it and I was excited. I'm like, woman director, yeah. And I watched the film, enjoyed it, really liked her short, thought it was definitely one of the standouts. But she actually was the mastermind behind the whole anthology. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. It's so interesting to look at pictures of her and the entire set of directors. And she is the lone woman in just a sea of dudes. Oh, wow. (laughs) But she actually was the originator of that film so her and her then husband neil marshall were living in la at every halloween they had a big to do they would go to amusement parks they would go to film festivals they made a big deal out of halloween every year and she was like you know what would be awesome is if we made a halloween anthology for halloween that's how we celebrated halloween this year and so they reached out to their friends they talked about it on wednesday by sunday of that week or that i guess technically the following week half of the directors were already on board it was, holy shit she said it was the fastest any project she has ever worked on <laughs> together i bet that's crazy yes so she made like i said she did grim gritting gross which also stars anubis her dog yes which you as a follower of her on social media already know but the listeners don't know is the dog that is in this movie and the dog that is in grim grinning ghost is her dog anubis (laughs) and he is cute he is so cute and when the movie came on i did not know he was going to be in it and the second i saw him i was like oh that's anubis and then the guy said anubis and i was like yes Yes. he's so cute (laughs) yes so that was i guess anubis was still pretty much a puppy in soulmate and Uh is now a working actor dog so she jokes about how anubis is a scream queen (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) yeah if you follow her on social media she posts a ton of pictures behind the scenes like set Mm -hmm. pictures that are really cool and her dog is in like 90 percent of them Yeah, I mean, that's an auto follow for me. I mean, I already follow <laughs> right. her because she's a woman horror director. But even if she, I wasn't already, like, <laughs> you tell me there's a lot of really cute dog photos. And I'm like, mm, auto follow. Okay, <laughs> so we'll get more into Soulmate in a second, obviously, since that's what we're here to talk about today. But she has actually kept super busy since then. She directed an episode of Bly Manor. The Romance of Certain Old Clothes, which I guess is the black and white one. Oh, that was her. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. She also directed The Manor for this 
or the second season of the Welcome to the Bloom House series, which was my favorite of the films this time. Have you right. seen it yet? I haven't yet, but I do remember you saying how good it was. Yeah, we I'll are have to check it out. Definitely going to need to cover it on the show. It is really interesting. It's kind of her sort of exploring fears about aging. Ooh, and is that the one with Barbara Hershey in it? Yes. And yeah. She's okay. In it. Yeah, yeah. We got to cover that. Oh, we're definitely going to cover that. So, okay. She's also directed two episodes of Creep Show, two episodes of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. And next up, she will be dire- directing at least one episode of The Midnight Club, which is the new Mike Flanagan series for Netflix. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Excited about that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what I have for her. But let's get into Soulmate. So, as I mentioned, Soulmate was her first feature film. She both wrote and directed it, and the idea first came to her while she was on a trip driving through the English countryside. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. So, she was living in London at the time, and she wasn't super familiar with the surrounding country, and Mm. so she was out driving, and then it turned into a foggy, spooky day. And she got lost. Oh, no. (laughs) So she was driving around totally lost through the fog in the, you know, countryside of England, which honestly sounds like heaven to me. It does. (laughs) And she ended up finding herself in this small village in the Cotswolds where she said it was kind of deserted. And she said it was strange and quiet and deserted. And that really kind of made her think about all of these gothic tales and ghost stories that she's read and loved as a teenager back before she was allowed to see scary movies Mm -hmm. and it made her want to tell a story like that it was before obviously the big ghost return to gothic horror that we're kind of experiencing right now so she was ahead of that curve and she wanted to go back and tell that kind of story so she wrote that film actually before she had directed anything and so she got to kind of live with the script for a really long time and hone it and she also took the opportunities that she had doing the three shorts to really kind of get comfortable in her directing craft. Although, to be honest, she seems so confident. I can't imagine her being that. She seems unfazable. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so it was shot on location with a very small budget, which actually she saw as a good thing because it allowed her to really have that creative freedom that comes with not having a ton of financial responsibility sure. from producers meddling and everything. And she knew that that was the best fit for this because it's her first film, but also because the movie kind of is very genre sort of bending and mm-hmm. and that's hard often to sell to producers. So this was the best way forward for her. But that doesn't mean that there were not challenges. For instance, finding the right location was pretty tricky because it needed to be big enough to accommodate all of the film's crew because they could not afford to buy tents or trailers or anything like that. Oh. They had to set up all of production also inside the house. Oh, shit. That must have been really hard. Yes, but she also wanted to make sure that it wasn't so big that it didn't feel cozy anymore. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I th- and I think that she succeeded in doing that because it yeah. does have a sense of coziness. But apparently there were times where they would have to periodically move all of the production equipment because they <laughs> needed to shoot in the room that they were using when it was not occupied <laughs> oh by my shooting. God. What a pain <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So speaking of the crew, apparently 50% of the crew was female. Nice. The producer, cinematographer, production designer, art director, costume designer, and makeup designer were all female. Oh, that's great. Though, according to Axel, that is not because she had that particular agenda going in. She just picked people who she thought were the right fit for the position and Mm -hmm. the best for the job. And it turned out that way. 
And I think I totally take her at her word. Yeah. But what I think that is evidence of is that she was not working with an unconscious bias. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't think you end up with 50% women if you have that unconscious bias. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anywho, so the film debuted at Stige's Film Festival in Spain in October 2013. It went on to do the festival circuit, receiving mostly positive reviews, including one by our good friend and patron, Eddie, who saw it at the Etheria Film Festival that year. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So there was a little bit of controversy, though, <laughs> when this film was initially getting ready to be released. Really? Yes, I know. You wouldn't think. But no, yeah. it doesn't feel like a very controversial movie. Well, it was. So in the how did the version you watch, how did it start? It start, well, should I spoil that part? Is that okay? Sure. It started with a suicide attempt. Interesting. The version I saw did not. Really? Yes. So you oh. saw one of the international cuts. Okay, so I rented it on Amazon Prime interesting they must have re-added it then huh yeah okay so, i mean it's pretty graphic so well that's how okay. Okay. you're getting into it okay <laughs> so in the okay the in the version i watched the film opens with audrey driving into the countryside oh wow yes so that was not what i saw was not the original opening the original cut opened with audrey's Minor spoiler alert, although we've already talked about it a little bit. <laughs> Suicide attempt. However, the British Board of Film Classification, which is essentially the UK's version of the MPAA, they required that Excel remove 16 seconds of the footage or it would receive an 18 certificate, which is like an NC-17 here. Oh, wow. Right? So she had gone in expecting to get a 12 rating, which is RPG. Yeah, and that's what I would have put it at, definitely. Yeah. But if they're more sensitive about depictions of suicide, because that can affect people yeah. in a different way than other forms of violence, I, I guess I can understand that maybe. Yeah, I guess the issue was that it depicted the, the way of doing it that is actually yes. typically fatal. Yeah, it yeah. does. And it does so – the camera does not shy away from mm -hmm. it. And it's also filmed in a sort of romantic way. So I don't yeah. know if that was part of it as well. Interesting. So, okay. So they wanted her to remove all of the parts where you could see her cutting. Gotcha. But Excel did, did not want to do that because she felt like by removing those scenes, the scene became very weak and it made her suicide attempt look easy. Mm. And she wanted there to be the pain to be evident. Because I am now imagine you were saying it's kind of romantic. Now imagine it was flinching. into. into yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That could have been an issue. I yeah. get that. So instead, she decided to just cut the entire sequence, and the BFFC ended up giving her a 15, which is essentially a PG-13, which she thought was ridiculous. Yeah, that is shocking, because without that scene, there's almost no violence in the entire film. Yep. She until said, the very end, and then it doesn't show very much again. No. So in that same interview with Hey You Guys, she said, they gave me a 15, even though there's no other blood in the film and there's not as much as someone saying fuck. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have to do – I'm assuming it had to do with that one scene towards the end maybe I with guess. the axe. I guess. Yeah. So fun fact, the okay. same week that they gave her a 15 for this movie, uh, the BFFC allowed Necromantic to be seen uncut for the first time. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> now, I have not seen that movie, but I have had Sarah and Jody describe that movie. Yeah. I can, that blows my mind. That yeah. blows my mind. How is mm -hmm. that possible? Yep. 
Yeah. Wow. Hypocrites. So for those of you out there like me who saw the, the I guess the the cut version, the original foot opening footage is available. Obviously, if you rent it from Amazon, you can see it. Or if you can go and just watch the opening scene on YouTube, which is what I did. And it is, I mean, as hardened horror fans, I do not think it's especially shocking. But for people who images of suicide or suicidal ideation are triggering, it is. I would stay away then. I would stay away in that yeah. case. Yep. I mean, it's a beautifully shot scene, though. <laughs> uh, oh, that. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So... Anywho, that's what I've got for the background, except for that this movie, like we said, is available for rental on all the usual sites. So go ahead and check it out. All right. Let's talk what we thought about this movie still in a non-spoilery way. Ariel, I have been talking for a very long time. I need a drink of water. (laughs) What did you think of this movie? (laughs) All right. So first of all, you already kind of touched on this, but I do think this movie looks really good. I think she does a great job of setting the scene and the mood with different lighting. And it feels very gothic. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of it because of the setting, but also I think because of the lighting and the shadow that she uses. And it does have a very isolated feeling, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated. Other than two other characters, once she gets to this Welsh village, you basically see no one else. And mm-hmm. it's just her in this house in the middle of nowhere that you don't even see another building. So I think that works really good. I think that works really well. (laughs) (laughs) Good looking out. I was going to let it go, but I was like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So I liked all of that. I love a gothic horror story. I love a ghost story. So I really appreciated those scenes, especially early on in the film with sort of the setup for it. And I like that in this home, Everything feels very intimate and close and like you were saying, kind of cozy. And I think Mm -hmm. that one of the good things about this and probably a testament to her script is that we really understand Audrey by the end of the film. Oh, yeah. I really feel like we know who she is as a character, Mm -hmm. which is really important in a film that has so few of them, you know. Mm -hmm. But sometimes in a movie like this, you're left with the character being very opaque yeah. And here I feel like I really got a sense of her. Mm-hmm. And in tandem with that, another thing that I think shows how good of a writer she is, is the way that we get exposition in this movie. I'll talk more about it in the spoiler territory. We can go into detail. But the way that it's sort of peppered in throughout the movie mm-hmm. works really well because so much of the dynamics of what's happening in the movie are based on past events. And it would be yes. so easy to just lazily drop that in. And she doesn't. So uh-uh. that's really great. I will say that some of the plot lines in this are pretty predictable. So, I mean, there's a twist that is not totally a twist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I do think that, you know, it, there's nothing about this movie that I found to be surprising. And it's not really a scary movie at all. There's sort of a, you know, a ghostly, gothic setup for it. But a lot of it is more almost a romance. Yeah, yeah, you I know? can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely harkens back to a much more gothic tradition, right? Like this yes. is this has much more in common with you know Crimson Peak than it does with uh, the Night House. True. Yeah, uh, this movie was not at all what I was expecting going into it. Mm-hmm. I had a very particular idea of what I was getting myself into it, and so when the first kind of twist hits, and I do actually, I was surprised by the twist of the essentially the chair scene. 
I will just say the chair scene. I was not expecting that to be where this was headed. And I was, I was kind of excited by that. I, it went places I was not thinking it would go, which Mm, I think, and places that I think that are ultimately more interesting considering sort of the themes and ideas that it's exploring. It allowed it to be less, I mean, there's a lot of metaphorical discussion in this film, but I also feel like there's a lot of in-text conversations that I think are really important that I think that that going in that direction narratively allowed for. Mm-hmm. Like you, I think this movie is super cozy. I wrote that in my notes. I, you know, I <laughs> love a gothic horror story and there's some part of me that just wants to turn the lights off, get under a blanket and just yeah. sort of luxuriate in the gothicness of it all and sort of maybe it's the 12 year old in me that read the V.C. Andrews novels. You know what I mean? Like there's something about that kind of not that this is a romance film, but there is aspects and hints of that to this that I connected with. This is my version of a love story, which <laughs> tells you a lot about me and not. <laughs> um, and I, I, I do love that sort of the romanticism of the English countryside. Yeah. And I think this movie does an excellent job of capturing that, whether it's the house or the little bits of the village that we see or the roads that she's walking down. All of that takes me back to being in the English countryside and how much I love it and how there, as an American, there is a very particular kind of, like I said, romanticism to that part of the world. I love it. It's it's part of also why I think I love Fulcore. And I think that this kind of skirts towards folklore even though ultimately it's a ghost story but there's something about maybe maybe it's just the setting that made me kind of have yeah i think it's the setting but i also think it might be the neighbor characters or the landlords Mm, yes yes, there's something about the way that they check in on her and drop Mm -hmm. bits of information that is Mm -hmm. very similar to how it's done in folklore Right. And the warning away of the yes. outsider, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is all very full, Corey. Okay. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> Across the board, there are some really strong performances. I think the dog is so cute. And I am so glad he was never in any danger. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's nothing to spoil about the dog except for he's very cute. <laughs> and I think thematically, it does have some interesting things to say uh, about the pull of particular emotions. Mm-hmm. And I, I those things really landed for me. I don't know, maybe because I'm on year three of being <laughs> in a pandemic. And I, <laughs> I know the feeling of those, the pull, the draw, you know? So anyway, we'll get into that more in spoilers, I think. And yeah. I think, I think if you have a real appreciation for Gothic horror, you like unconventional ghost stories that horror movie does not necessarily equate. Ooh. There's someone here. Equate to having to be scary. I think that you'll have a really good time with this film and I recommend it. All right. Awesome. So that is it for our non-spoiler reviews. We're going to get in now to our spoilers. So if you have not seen this film or you are conscientious about spoilers, and I do think there are some things that can be spoiled in this, you know, you know what's in your heart. You know what to do. Do that. And if it's uh, to avoid spoilers, then go check out the movie and come back and listen to our discussion because we are going to get into the knit. We are going to get into the grit and um, all of the in-between. All right. <laughs> that is, I feel like I, I'm my, I'm stepping up my, my ramble game. My yeah. Vamp game. <laughs> I appreciate it, it. Really getting honed. It's a, it's like, I'm like at a diamond level now. All right. You're out of here. So let's get into it. Now, if you're still here, you're cool. You're in the inner circle or you've seen the movie. So yeah. Tell me. This. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week. Babe. <laughs> I someone just delivered literally 
just delivered a bottle of whiskey to my house. And I just want to say for the record, I have not opened it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing as a person. <laughs> All right. Ariel, you have the synopsis for this film. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Showmate? All right. Professional violinist Audrey retreats to a cottage in a small Welsh village after a failed suicide attempt. Once there, she meets the landlords, Teresa and her husband, Dr. Zellaby. As she gets settled in, she starts hearing noises from an upstairs room that the landlords claim has been locked up for years and just contains old stuff belonging to the previous owner. But after she sees a light in the window, she demands to be let into the room only to find a bunch of old dusty junk, basically. She starts seeing apparitions, though, that at first she thinks are maybe her husband who died in a car accident, but turn out to be Douglas, the ghost of the man who owned the house previously and who killed himself after his fiance left him. She starts having conversations with the man, and when she admits that to Dr. Zellaby, he begins to question her sanity and tells her she should leave for her own well-being, but she's determined to stay. Audrey and Douglas begin spending time together and bond over their shared heartache and loss. This relationship helps Audrey to heal, and soon she's ready to go back home. But this enrages Douglas, who suggests Audrey kill herself so they can be together forever. Ain't that love? (laughs) (laughs) Just then, Teresa breaks into the house to explain to Douglas that she's the reason his fiancé left him, and he killed himself. She was in love with him and lied to his fiance and told her that she had had an affair with Douglas and was pregnant. So the fiance took off. Douglas's anger flares and he snaps Teresa's neck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he takes an axe and slits Audrey's wrists when she says that she's leaving. But as she bleeds out, Douglas fades away and disappears back into the ether. Luckily, Audrey lives, but is left to deal with the fact that it looks like she may have killed Teresa because nobody believes there was a ghost that did it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The end. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That was an accurate description of this film. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as I said at the beginning, I think that this went a lot of places I did not expect, specifically with the relationship she strikes up with the ghost of Douglas. You know, you think, oh, okay, grieving woman enters a haunted house. There's a handful of plot beats that you're pretty much going to hit. And I think what's interesting is that it starts in that place and then it goes elsewhere which really breaks with that formula for a minute i thought we were delving into my ultimate favorite genre which is dude in the walls (laughs) (laughs) but instead we went another place that i found to be pretty interesting and uh, and it becomes sort of this character study between two sort of hurt people who are connecting in the places that they hurt yeah yeah and then it goes very dark (laughs) it goes real real dark at the end and i actually that's probably my favorite part but we'll, we'll get into that but okay Yes, there's this underlying tension in that relationship because we're in a horror film and he's dead. But there were moments that I found myself kind of investing in their connection. I This is not a great thing about myself that I always am like, hmm, there's toxicity here. There's dysfunction. <laughs> I lean in. Again, I feel like I'm coming back to my VC Andrews origins a lot with this movie. Yeah, no, but I, I agree. I think that the two actors have really good chemistry mm-hmm. and that comes across and there's so much of the middle of the film that's about them making that connection with each other and growing closer and you know learning about each other that really works and then i i do have to admit that in that first scene where he yells at her yes 
my initial thought was, ooh, are they going to fuck? It felt like like that kind of heat, you know? Oh, I guess I'm not the only one who's broken inside. (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) Yeah, no, they do have really great chemistry, and I think that's part of it. But what I love is where where it goes. I keep trying to get ahead of myself and talk about the end, but I'm going to stop for... Okay. Okay, so... I really like thematically what it talks about in terms of depression, loneliness, and Mm -hmm. suicidal ideation. There is a seductive quality to just sort of leaning into those things and and acceptance. And what this film ultimately has to say about it is the importance of pulling yourself away and the value of life. That ultimately she chooses life. She chooses what could in some ways be seen as a harder path to continue to try to push through the grief. And even though this got kind of dinged by the MPAA UK style about the suicide at the beginning, I think the ultimate story of this is very anti-suicide and about not giving up and that there is life on the other side of pain. Yeah, that she finds her way back to her art and the things she loves and that starts to make her happy again, you know, Mm -hmm. give her purpose and meaning in her life. Yeah, I, I agree. That is really important. I really actually ended up liking Teresa. I thought she was an interesting character and the way that Tanya Myers performed her. Mm-hmm. There was sort of a manic energy to her that made you almost think she was going to be a busybody. But ultimately, there is a tragedy to that character. And then later when she shows up, it, it's complicated in the way that you feel about the relationship with her and Douglas because her energy is so manic when she's warning her away that she feels like an unreliable narrator, but you're like, but this is a horror movie. So we should probably trust her, but it's complicated because the way that she performs that role makes it hard. You can understand, I guess maybe not necessarily. It makes it hard to know because I kind of was like, she knows what she's talking about, but I could understand why Audrey dismissed her. And I feel like, yeah, Audrey wouldn't listen. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense because she does feel she definitely feels like a busybody in the beginning. And then when she starts talking about ghost stuff, the way yeah. that she talks about it feels a little bit woohoo, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I get why Audrey would be like, yeah, I'm not listening to you, <laughs> especially because at that point she had formed this connection that she was really drawn to. She didn't want to give it up, you know? Right. Yeah. So I really liked Teresa. I really liked the connection between the two of them. And I really appreciated the heel turn of his character in the end. I'm sorry. I just got to go to it. because Yeah, like, go for it. So after he basically tries to force her to commit suicide so that they can stay together, he his character totally switches to evil. And you find out what a creep he is. And yeah. to me, I just felt like it was this really prescient narrative about the nice guy perspective mm-hmm. and the way that he thinks performing niceness to her entitles him to her. Right. And the way he turns on her viciously you know that he only performed respecting her and as we find out he's been watching her and invading her personal space and is cruel about telling her that and becomes violent when he doesn't get his way and like i get that that's an idea of the fact that he's a ghost and he died in a a time of emotional turmoil but i also feel like even though we weren't necessarily talking about nice guys in 2013 when this came out right yeah but haven't we all had that experience at that point right Right, but there's a truth to it you know what i mean and i was thinking about you know like wow how prescient then i was like oh wait she was a horror journalist working on the internet yeah i'm guessing maybe she has some idea of this sort of dynamic that exists 
yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it did a really good job of sort of capturing that dynamic in a way that I thought was really interesting. And I like that despite that, she gets away and when she does basically his entire existence kind of poofs out of existence yeah that he's reliant on that relationship with her and he Mm -hmm. ruins it (laughs) whereas she is not reliant on him yep that her disconnecting with him is how she survives i think is i don't know i i kind of liked where it ended i think there's some ambiguity at the end of the movie which to me I've seen some criticism of it. I'm like, it just, the movie just ended five minutes past every other movie that you've watched that is similar to this. Because how many times has our hero heroine survived, but there's like a bunch of dead bodies left behind. This one just kept the camera rolling slightly longer. That's true. That's so, true. So that criticism, <laughs> I, well, I understand people have it. I don't personally have it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, especially about, like you were saying, what it says about the a nice guy and how she's able to get away. I I do appreciate all of that. I do think his turn to becoming the kind of angry ghost is predictable. I don't think that was something that was totally new and fresh. We've seen that in other movies before where you think the ghost is, you know, nice or you think it's one thing and then it, you know, turns into something angry. But I do appreciate what it said about their relationship. I think the motivation is fresh. Yeah. And then I was saying in the non-spoiler part about the way that exposition is dropped into this film. I think that that part of this is sort of a nugget of her really good writing that I imagine we'll continue to see because it really, I think, shows her talent there. Because there are points where you get to see or you get to hear about Audrey's backstory or Douglas's. And some of it's in conversation between the two of them, but some of it's woven in with Things that Teresa says or that we hear in that letter, you know, the letters that Audrey reads. I just think it's really smart because I'm so sick of those giant exposition dumps where you just get everything about everyone in one Mm -hmm. go. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It leans into the mystery of it a little bit and draws it out a little bit in a way that is fun to watch. Yeah. And it's fun to watch her sort of uncover some of, of what's going on. Right. Exactly. And then I know that I said that there weren't any real scares in this, but I actually just thought of one that was effective for me. And that is that chair scene that you were talking about right before she sees that. She obviously has heard something and she's sort of investigating and looking around. And then she hears somebody exhale behind her. Mm -hmm. That really worked for me. I found that to be pretty creepy. I mean, when I thought it was a guy in the walls, <laughs> I was scared just because that's my fear. <laughs> so some of that stuff worked for me. And I, but honestly, it was more the end when he kills Teresa and then has her trapped and then is mm-hmm. yelling at her and grabbing her. I don't know. I guess maybe it triggers. And not that I've had this exact experience. A ghost has never trapped me and held on to me. But like <laughs> there have been. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. You don't know everything <laughs> I've done. But I do think that. It tapped into a fear of being yeah, in a situation like that. I did have a situation where I was inside a, an apartment and somebody was outside the apartment kicking down the door. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of being trapped because that sure. person, because I had been like, no, this is not going to happen. I feel like it really nailed that kind of experience that I think a lot of women can connect to. I think it does a good job of exploring that yeah. particular brand of fear. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree because, yeah, that can be terrifying. Overall, I think that this movie is interesting. It says some really interesting things. I think for the most part, the acting is really good. Mm -hmm. It does have a lot of 
you know, great lighting. And I think a lot of the scenes that she sets are really beautiful and sort of eerie and creepy. And I always appreciate, you know, that gothic horror feeling. So I'm glad that that was in there. For me, I think it was just that there was a little too much predictability in the plot for it to be like a 100% sell, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. I mean, listen, you feel how you feel. I personally <laughs> liked it. You feel a little middle in the middle. That's okay. That's all right. Films are subjective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, we talked about how great the movie looks. I think the setting is great. I, okay. The ghost effects. They're, mm-hmm. a, you know, a little, they belie the budget. But they made me think of, did you ever watch that, the Canterbury Ghost with Alyssa Milano in it? no <laughs> oh my god okay so i loved that movie when i was a kid and i watched it over and over and over again and they used the same kind of effect for the ghost okay so it was very charming to me uh-huh. i don't know i ended up i liked the ghost effect but again i think it's because i really connected to something that it, it i i like that style of ghost effect i don't know i don't know yeah as far as cons i know you've had a few the only one i have is i wasn't super crazy about his ghost makeup yeah that didn't quite work for me, but I, that again, it's a very small sort of nitpick. I think this is movie, you're either going to connect with it or you're not. And for people like me who are into it, they're going to have a really good time with this movie. I think there's a lot to lend it here. I think it had has interesting things to say about, like I said, about depression as well as dynamics with entitled men. Yeah. And I think this movie has... Even though it doesn't necessarily pass the Bechdel test, um, (laughs) I do think that there is some real feminism to this film in terms of her trajectory and her struggle. I don't know. I agree with that. Okay, cool. So any other thoughts about Soulmate? I think I pretty much covered my cons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's give our final recommendations. I stand by my statement. If you like gothic horror, if you like unconventional ghost stories, if you are just a lady and horror completist, I think this is definitely, definitely worth a watch for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that Axel Caroline is super talented. I've seen most of the other things that she's Mm -hmm. done. And I think that, you know, she's definitely one to watch and keep our eye out for. And I can't wait for us to watch The Manor because I suspect from what I've seen in the TV shows that she's directed that she's grown a lot since she made this original movie. But for me, there just wasn't enough here for it to be like a solid recommend. I would say if you've got an afternoon and you want to watch, you know, it's sort of a cozier little movie, this is one to watch, but I wouldn't put it at the top of your list. Fair enough. I'm excited for you to see The Manor. Yeah, me too. My favorite thing about the manor is the end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it has a really good end. I mean, it has has some really cool creature effects and stuff in it too. But when the credits rolled, I was like, "Mm, yeah. (laughs) 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 Awesome. All right, great. Well, we would love to know from you guys what you thought of Soulmate. You can always reach us by dropping us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. If you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're getting your pods. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, they now allow for ratings. And we would love to, you know, five-star rating would be kind of swell. If you don't (laughs) mind, if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because you've already watched Soulmate, you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on the 
thousands of streaming services out there. I just learned about a new one this week. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, girl. <laughs> Tubi's got originals now. I mean, it's it's wow. it's, it's wild out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> wild for me, great for you because it is all there at your fingertips. All the things that are coming on streaming and out on video on demand. You can click through and rent them and watch them at your Leisure. Leisure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and if you are looking, maybe you're, you need a new look. You want to be wiling out looking stylish. You should check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. We have some new designs coming hopefully very soon. I got sketches. Ooh, oh, I'm so excited. So that's going to be coming very, very soon. If you love us and you want to support us, you should join our Patreon. All of the episodes are extended across the network. You get access to the Discord. Have I mentioned the Discord? It's dope. <laughs> also have a lot of really fun bonus content coming out. We have a really awesome Women in Horror Month event planned on the yes, we do. On, on the uh, patreon <laughs> we're working on our midsummer plans and there's gonna be a lot of other things coming down the pike so if you were thinking about going for the patreon now is the time it's, it's uh it's about to get litty kitty up in there all right i am losing my mind so let's <laughs> wrap this up our plans for the next episode ariel you're picking what we're watching next so i am i'm excited to hear all about it what are we watching <laughs> so for our next episode we are going to be doing something really special first of all we're going to have a guest on Ooh. elizabeth kyle from yes! plug it up and bloody yes! good horror yes and our girl She's yes. going to come back on. You guys will remember her from our episode on The Invitation. Yes. And she made an appearance on a recent episode of More Deadly Director's Cut. That's true. She did. So we're bringing her back and we are going to be reviewing Hellbender, which Yay! is the brand new movie by the Poser Adams family. Oh my God. I can't wait. They are the ones who directed and starred in The Deeper You Dig that we reviewed Excellent early on in the film. life of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> So I would recommend both checking out The Deeper You Dig if you've never watched that, but definitely Hellbender, which will drop on Shudder on the 24th. So you'll be yes. able to watch it before you hear our review. Yes. And if you're wondering what it's about, it's about a teen and her mother who live simply in a home in the woods spending their time making metal music. A chance <laughs> encounter with a fellow teen causes her to uncover a connection between her family and witchcraft, which causes a rift with her mother. And that witchcraft element is why we brought in Elizabeth Kyle, who is very yes. witchy energy. <laughs> yes, she's gonna. She, yeah, she's gonna school us on all the uh, the occult. And yes, so, I'm actually dying to hear what she thinks of this movie. Oh, me too. Me too. I think it's going to be a super awesome conversation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We could not have picked a better co-host for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Great. So everybody knows what we're doing. Play along. This is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, unless you're sticking around for the extended episode, which we're going to be covering something also that was recommended by a previous guest. Yeah, so if you guys remember when Jazz and Kat were on from Girl That Scary Podcast, they had told us about some horror short films that we needed to watch. So they sent us a list of them and we are going to review them for you. Yes. So these ones, well, there will be links to in the show notes so that you can watch them as well. But you should definitely want to stick around because these are going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited about it. They're interesting. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I want to get into it. So let's wrap this up. Ariel, take us out. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We appreciate you being here. We hope you liked our review of Soulmate and be back here in two weeks for Hellbender. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. 
Thanks everybody for listening and to my co-host and good friend Ariel for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Sharden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode where things are about to get short and creepy, kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> no more accurate words have ever been spoken. <laughs> Thank you for validating. I appreciate you. You received me. You reflected. I feel like I'm being heard. <laughs> I feel like I'm being seen. <laughs> Girl, how are you doing? We made it through the episode. I wasn't we sure did. I was going to make it. I feel bad because I, I actually really like this film and I feel like I did it short shrift because I'm just so absolutely brain dead today. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I guess I wasn't that much help because <laughs> I didn't like it as much as you did. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's it's fine. It'll be fine. When you edit it, it's going to sound magical <laughs> i'll sound like you basically when you edit the podcast you add like 10 points to my iq and I'm oh my god i'm really great Lies. i'm very grateful no it's <laughs> true it's true like there's not me being like like i feel like in this episode there are moments where my brain just like literally turned off and i like like i stalled out and i was just like mm-hmm. <laughs> and i know you're gonna cut all that mm-hmm. so i'm gonna sound like a true. smarty instead of a dummy i like to so. make everybody sound their very best I appreciate it. You are the Photoshop. You are the filter of our podcast. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> and the the thing is, is the people who are here in the extended episode are the only ones who know the truth. That's true. They know what we sound like unfiltered and unedited. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, on that note, we have a super fun extended episode, actually. I'm actually really looking forward to talking about these. Yeah, me too. I would say that one of these gave me the biggest jump scare I've had in a very long time. I wonder if it's the same one that really affected me. I'm very curious now. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> should we get into it? For Like, we already talked about how we found these, right? Yes, we did. Oh, my God, my brain. <laughs> yeah, but just just in case you skip the main episode and keep right to the get Right to the extended. They know what the good part is. They wanted to We're get gonna to the be- yeah, we're going to be talking about the short films that were recommended to us by the ladies of Girl That's Scary. So all of these short films are available on YouTube. Rachel will provide the links for you, but also mm-hmm. will tell you the name of them. So you can always just Google them as well. They're all and they're, free. I th- and and I think they're find. all on the Alter channel. I think all but one of them. Oh, okay. Okay. JK. I watched them all, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) I did. (laughs) All right. Which one do you want to start with? I know like I have one that is like my absolute favorite. Me too. I kind of want to save to the end. Okay. So why don't you tell me what you want to start with? How about we start from the bottom and we go with the smiling man? Okay. All right. Let's do that. That sounds like – so it sounds like you and I have the same favorite. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the first one we're going to be talking about is The Smiling Man directed by Michael Evans. Mm-hmm. So this is a short and sweet one that is super creepy, uncanny valley. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. This is filmed directly from the uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. 